you are listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Heights Baptist Church in Alvin, Texas. For more information about our church, you can find us at heightschurch.org. Well, welcome uh, to Heights. My name is Lee, and I'm the lead pastor here, and uh, we are glad that you are worshiping with us, whether you are sitting on your couch, in your recliner, uh, maybe in your favorite chair there in your living room, watching on your TV or computer or your iPad. We are glad that you have joined us this morning to worship the Lord. So if you haven't already done so, maybe in the comments section right now in this post, just say good morning. Glad to be here. Good to see everybody. That's a way we can just meet and greet each other during this time and connect with each other a little bit. If you are new with us, and this is one of your first times watching our live stream, we'd love to connect more with you uh, and for you to be able to connect more with us. So in the description of this post, there is a welcome link, and you can click this link. Um, There will be some information that you can fill out. That will go to Pastor Jonathan. He'll be following up with you. We'd love to be able to know if there's any way we can serve you during this time, any way that we could pray for you. And so you go on and you can click that link right now and still be watching this video. We had somebody do that during our service last week. And so we'd love to be able to connect further with you. You know, this morning begins what we will call Holy Week. Today is what we observe as Palm Sunday. Uh, We remember that this is the day in which Jesus rode into Jerusalem, and that began the final uh, week of the earthly ministry of Jesus. And so during this week, I encourage you to think about Jesus, uh, to read your Bible, to pray, uh, to remember what Christ has done for each one of us. And I know this Easter season is different. Uh, We are celebrating Easter in a different way than we ever have. Uh, And I I know in a lot of ways that's a little bit disappointing to you. Um, It's disappointing to me. And we still, though, want to make it special. You know, because even though it's different, it still can be special. And so what we are attempting to do at Heights is to provide you some ways this Easter season, still as a family, to celebrate Jesus. And so today would have been the day we would have had the extravaganza egg hunt. And so what we're going to do is we're going to move that egg hunt to a virtual egg hunt this coming Wednesday. It's going to be on our Facebook page at 4 o'clock, and it's going to be live. And so what you're going to be able to do there with your, in your living room with your kids is we're going to be taking you around certain rooms in the church, and you're going to kind of look for the different eggs we have hidden in those rooms. And you'll take a guess in the comments of how many eggs you find. And then on Easter Sunday, we'll be revealing the answer to how many eggs were hidden. So we'd love for you to participate in our virtual egg hunt Wednesday at 4 o'clock. Then Good Friday, we're going to have a song and scripture service live here again on Facebook at 7 o'clock Good Friday. And then we'll be back here on our Facebook page next Sunday for Easter Sunday celebrating and worshiping our resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ. So I know that's going to be different, but we still, as the people of God who are resilient during this time, have an opportunity still to worship Jesus 
and make it a great, great Easter. So I want to open us in prayer this morning as we're going to continue our series called Jesus is Greater. So I'm going to invite you just to bow your head right there where you are. Close your eyes and let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I want to thank you for who you are. I want to thank you for being in control of of all things. Father, I want to thank you as we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 this week in verse 9 that your grace is sufficient. Your strength is made perfect in our weakness. And so, Lord, as we are, are going through times that we've never had to go through, celebrate Easter the way we've never celebrated it before, having to deal with situations in our personal lives we've never had to deal with, remind us of your control. Remind us of your grace. Remind us of your love during this time. Father, I pray this morning as we come to worship you through reading and understanding and living out your word, that, Father, the Holy Spirit would speak to us. And, Lord, he would speak to me in my life. He would speak through me and to the lives of others. And, Lord, that we would remember this is your word in this Easter season to lift up Jesus high and worship him for what he has done for us. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. You know, if you think about music, a lot of us love music because music does something to us. Uh, Music causes us to think. It stirs our emotions. You know, music may bring you to tears. It may make you laugh. You know, it, it, it causes you to get excited. Music even makes you dance sometimes. Now, I know for a lot of you, you go, oh, well, hang on, I'm, I'm a Baptist, and I was taught that we can't dance, and we're not supposed to dance. Well, actually, it's biblical to dance. There's a lot of dancing in the Bible. So it's not an issue of can Baptists dance. It's probably an issue that some of you shouldn't dance, right? But think about music and what it does. You know, I want you right now in the comments section to write down your favorite song. Okay, now, don't worry about what genre it is. Just pick a genre, your favorite song. Maybe it's a Christian song. Maybe it's not a Christian song. But just right now in the comments, put down your favorite song. I don't care what reason why it's your favorite song. Maybe it moves you. It, it speaks to your heart. It makes you smile. It makes you think. It makes you dance. Put down your favorite song. As you're doing that, let me share you a couple of my favorite songs. Uh, big Kenny Rogers fan, so number one Kenny Rogers song to me is the gambler. That's right. You got to know when to hold them. You got to know when to fold them, right? You got to know when to walk away. You never count your money till the dealing's done, right? I mean, so you got to love the gambler, right? A couple of my favorite Christian songs, uh, How Great Thou Art. Number one hymn of all time to me, How Great Thou Art. And then In Christ Alone is my other favorite song. You know, there's times Pastor Matt, when he's picking music, might come to me and say, hey, do you have any suggestions uh, this week for a song? And I always will look at him and say, well, you know, it's a really great week to sing In Christ Alone. You know, so what's your favorite song? I want to introduce you to a songwriter this morning that I believe when you listen to this song, it's going to make you think. It may move you in your emotions. It's going to cause you to feel a little differently. Uh, It it may even make you raise your hands in your living room or stand up and dance when you hear this song. 
And this song is written by a prophet and a songwriter. His name's Isaiah. And so if you have a Bible that you can turn on or maybe open up with me, let's go to Isaiah chapter 52. See, Isaiah in his book writes four songs. And those songs are what are called servant songs. And Isaiah is writing these songs about a servant to come, about a Messiah to come, a Savior to come. And so in Isaiah chapter 52 and 53, we have his final servant song. And Isaiah is writing about this servant that we believe is Jesus 700 years before Jesus comes. Now understand though, not everybody accepts that this is Jesus that Isaiah is writing about. You know, throughout time, some people have translated the passage I'm going to go over with you and say, well, that's the nation of Israel that Isaiah is writing about. The, the nation of Israel is the servant. You know, some will say, well, no, no, that's maybe Isaiah. Isaiah is writing about himself, or it's Hezekiah, or it's Jeremiah. But understand that nationally, Israel can't fulfill all of what Isaiah is writing perfectly. Uh, none of those men like Hezekiah and Isaiah and Jeremiah could fulfill this perfectly. So we have to think that this is Jesus. But, you know, even early Jews didn't think it was Christ right away. You know, in the Gospels, when Jesus one time says, you know, I'm going to Jerusalem. And when I get there, I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be crucified. And on the third day, I'm going to rise again. Even his disciple Peter said, no, 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 Jesus, you're not going to do that. You're not going to be that type of savior. But then something happens. After Jesus is crucified and three days later he rises again, guys like Peter start going, wait a minute. Isaiah wrote about someone like that long ago. And this Jesus is who Isaiah was writing about. And so what you have in the New Testament is a turn. Seven times in the New Testament, this passage is directly quoted and applied to Jesus. There's 40 times in the New Testament that this passage is referenced to pointing us to Christ. So who is this Jesus that Isaiah is writing about? Who is this servant to come? We're going to look through that song together this morning. But let me say this first, that Jesus came to spread his glory. And Jesus came to spread his glory. I want you to pick up in verse 13 with me in Isaiah chapter 52. He said, Behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up. He shall be exalted. As many were astonished at you, his appearance was so marred behind, beyond human semblance and his form beyond that of children of mankind. So shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths because of him. For that which has not been told of them they see, and what that which they have not heard they understand. Isaiah says this one to come is going to be high and lifted up. You know, when Jesus was here on the earth, Jesus was worshipped by many people. He wasn't worshipped by all, but he was worshipped by a lot. You know, today, not all people still worship Jesus. Not all people exalt him. That's why our mission at Heights 
is to love and to lead all people to a new life with Christ. We want to get the gospel out so that they will see Jesus, understand him, and worship them in their lives. And Isaiah says there, when Christ comes again, because I believe verse 15 speaks of a second coming of Jesus, notice what it says, the kings shall shut their mouths because of him. The kings will recognize him. You know, when you look at all the things that are happening in our world right now, and you're watching the news, maybe some of you are watching a little too much news, you might be sitting there thinking, what's this world coming to? I mean, with everything going on, what's this world coming to? You know what the world's coming to? The world's coming to Jesus. The world's coming to this moment where all people are going to recognize who he is. Paul writes of that in Philippians chapter 2 in verses 9 through 11 when the apostle Paul says, Therefore God has highly exalted him, bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Christ Jesus is Lord of all. You know, in the book of Colossians in chapter 1, you can read it for yourself. It says that Jesus owns everything, that Jesus made everything and he made everything by him and for him, and that all things are coming right back to Jesus. Jesus came to spread his glory. But here's who else Jesus is and why he came. He came to die for rebellious people. He came to save rebellious people. Pick up in Isaiah chapter 53 with me. He says in verse 1, who has believed what he has heard from us and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of the dry ground. He had no form of majesty that we should look at him, no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief and was one from whom Men hid their faces. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. You know, Jesus came to save rebellious people. Isaiah asked a question there in verse 1. He says there, who has believed what he has heard from us? Who has believed our report? You know, the answer to that question is, a few have, but many haven't. You know, in our zip code that our church sits in, that many of you live in, the 77511 zip code, close to 60% of people in our zip code have little to no faith involvement. Little to no faith involvement of any kind. That's where we live. Not all have believed. Many haven't believed our report of who this Jesus is. And you know, what we're having to do right now for a time and a season in the life of our church, isn't ideal. See, understand right now, me standing in an empty worship center, looking at a camera, preaching to you in your home, sitting where you are, it's not ideal. We read in the Old Testament and the New Testament, the ideal time of worship is when the people of God congregate together and they worship God. And so right now, as we are having to practice being physically distanced, it's not ideal that we're having to do what we're having to do. There is coming a time and a day where we will gather again. 
And when we come back again, what a great celebration I think it's going to be when we're able to worship God together again in the same space. That time's coming. But even though what we are doing right now is not ideal, understand we're still getting the gospel out. You know, research shows that 69% of adults in the United States have a Facebook account. 76% of adults throughout the course of the year will use YouTube. So what are we doing now as a church? We are developing ways and methods that even when we gather back again, we now have another way of still getting the gospel out. What God has allowed churches like ours to do right now is literally invade space to where people are. See, we're a people that go where people are to share Jesus. Well, right now, where are people? They're in their homes. They're on their phones. They're on their laptops. They're on their iPads. They're checking Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and all those social media platforms. And so where are we now? We are in that space calling people, calling you right now today, to believe in Jesus. And so I want you to continue and to further that mission with me that not all have believed in the report yet. And so let's continue to love and lead all people to a new life with Christ because here's what's key is Jesus came to die for people like me, to die for people like you. And what does the Bible call us? We're rebellious people. Pick up in verse four of Isaiah 53. Notice what he has done. He says, surely he's borne our griefs, carried our sorrows. We esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him, the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. Notice who we are. Verse six, we're like sheep. We've gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on us the iniquity of us all. You know, the Bible often calls us sheep. (laughs) Why does the Bible call us sheep? Well, because like sheep, we need a shepherd. You know, like sheep, we don't always make the best decisions. See, sheep don't always make the best decisions. In 2005, there was a village in Turkey where 400 sheep went over a cliff. The reason 400 sheep went over a cliff was because the first sheep in that herd went over the cliff and 400 followed. We don't always make the best decisions in life. We need someone to help us. Like sheep, though, we are prone to wander. We are prone to walk away from God at times in our lives. You know, none of us stumble into holiness. We don't wander into falling into loving God, but we wander away from him. We need someone to guide us. But you know, sheep also don't have a defense mechanism. Have you ever thought about that? Sheep can't defend themselves. They are prone to attack. There's no way for them to stop an enemy. They need someone to save them from danger. Let me put it to you this way this morning. You and I need a savior. We need someone to save us because you have no way of saving yourself from hell. Hell is the punishment for my sin and your sin. That's what the Bible says you and I earn because of sin. We earn eternity away from God, and there's no way to save yourself from that danger. There's no way by yourself to protect you from sin. There's no way for you by yourself to 
protect you from the enemy of Satan. But there's one who will. There's one who will save you from hell. There's one who will protect you from sin. There's one who will protect you from Satan. His name's Jesus. And I want you to give your life to Jesus today because he came to save rebellious people like me and rebellious people like you. But notice who else Jesus is and what Jesus came to do. Jesus came to be our substitute. He came to be our substitute. I want to return you back to verses 4 through 6. And in verses 4 through 6, I want you to do an exercise with me here. Every time in those verses you see the word we or our, I want you to put your name there. So in verses 4 through 6, just go on and look at them. And where you see we or our, substitute your name. Because what you see in the good news of Jesus Christ is the idea of substitution. It's at the very core and the heart of the gospel message. And so let's read those verses again together. And this time, read your name where it says we and our. I'm going to read my name in there out loud just so you can hear it. And as I'm reading, I want you to read quietly to yourself. And where you see we or our, put your name. Let's go through it. Verse 4. Surely he has borne Lee's griefs. He's carried Lee's sorrows. Yet Lee esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. He was pierced for Lee's transgressions. He was crushed for Lee's iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought Lee peace. And with his wounds, Lee is healed. Lee, like sheep, has gone astray. Lee has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on Lee the iniquity of us all. You know, when you think about what Christ has done, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, in verse 21, this, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Galatians 3.13, the apostle Paul writes, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Right there in 2 Corinthians 5.21, Paul says there's an exchange to be made. You give your sin to Jesus. And when you give your sin to Jesus and you say, Jesus, I want you by faith to be my Lord and Savior, he gives you his righteousness. Why? Because he became your substitute. He took your griefs, your sins, your sorrows upon himself on the cross. And he did that finally because Isaiah in this song, in the last verse, says that Jesus came to provide salvation for all. He came to provide salvation for all. Pick up in verse 11 with me. He says in verse 11, Out of the anguish his soul shall be, we shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous and shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with many. He shall divide the spoil with the strong because he has poured out his soul to death. He was numbered with the transgressors, yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercessions for the transgressors. 
is Christ who came to provide salvation for all. I want you to look again in verse 11. I I love a phrase that Isaiah uses in this song. He says, by his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous. How are you accounted righteous? How are you saved? Well, you have to come to Jesus by faith. You have to receive what he's done. And when you receive what he has done in your life, and you say, I'm making a commitment to follow Christ as my Savior, then he gets your sin, and you get his righteousness. I love the way one author put it. He said, rejection was his. Acceptance is yours. The wounding was his. Healing is yours. The stripes were his. Salvation is yours. The price was paid. Forgiveness is yours. The death was his, but life is yours. In order for that to account in your life, you have to receive Christ as your Savior. And you have to do that by faith. You know, faith is really an easy concept to understand. It it simply just means trust. You know, you exercise and, and, and practice faith every day. You know, when you go to the grocery store, if you're lucky enough right now to find milk, you pull that milk off and you put it in your cart and you go home and you open it. And when you take a sip of that milk, you are trusting by faith that the person that wrote the expiration date on that carton of milk did their job right. That milk's still good. You know, a lot of you take prescription medicine, and when you take that prescription medicine and you take that little orange bottle every morning and you get the pill out of it and you go to put that pill in your mouth, you by faith are trusting in the work of the pharmacist, that the pharmacist put the right pills in that bottle. So faith is trusting in the work of another person. When you come to faith in Jesus Christ, you are trusting in his work. You are trusting that his death on the cross, taking your sin upon himself, was good enough to pay for that penalty of sin. You are trusting in the work of his resurrection, that three days later he came back from the grave so that you, when you by faith die, he'll take you to heaven to be with him. See, First Peter says it this way in his letter. He says in First Peter 3.18, for Christ suffered once for sin, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, and being made alive by the Spirit. This morning, I want you to trust Christ by faith right now for the salvation of your sins. You right now can start that new life with Jesus Christ, just right where you are, right there in your living room. You know, I started a new life with Christ one night at the age of 14, right in my bedroom. You don't have to be in a church building to be saved, you can do it just right there today. And here's the promises of the Bible. When you trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior by faith, he will forgive you of your sin. He will give you a new nature. You have a new life with God now and for all of eternity. And then when you die one day, he'll take you to heaven to be with him. And so I'm going to pray in a moment. And when I pray, I'm going to pray a prayer that you can follow along with me. Now understand the Bible says in Romans 10, 9 through 10, that it's what you believe in your heart, that you believe that the work of Jesus Christ was good enough to save you, 
that you confess with your mouth, and confessing with your mouth is talking to God, that you're ready today to be a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm going to pray a prayer that's just a, a prayer that you can voice to God. Maybe while we're praying today, for those of you that are followers of Jesus Christ, I think when we reflect upon what Christ has done for us, boy, that gets us excited. That should move us when we hear this song of Isaiah within our hearts to say, thank you, Jesus, for my salvation. And so I want you to pray maybe today just a prayer of thanksgiving. Right there as a family, you can pray saying, Jesus, thank you for saving us. Thank you for coming to spread your glory. Thank you for being our substitute. Thank you for saving rebellious people like us. And thank you that salvation is open to anyone who comes to Christ. So let's pray together. I'm going to invite you just to pray right there in your living room in your own way. Maybe you want to pray out loud with your family. You feel free to do that. But let me talk to those that right now are ready to believe Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. You can pray with me. And you can simply just pray these words. Dear God, I know I am a sinner that is turned away from you. But right now I'm ready to turn back to you. I trust Jesus today as my Lord and Savior. I believe in his work on the cross and his resurrection. I'm ready to follow Jesus today as my Savior. Father God, I want to thank you for the prayers that are being prayed in homes right now. There are prayers that, Father, are going up to you in thanksgiving for what Christ has done in our lives. I believe, Father, that there are some that are watching that have prayed for the very first time that I'm ready to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, I thank you that no matter where we pray, you hear us. And Lord, you know what's on our hearts and our minds. And Lord, you take care of us. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you that Jesus is greater than our sin. Lord, we love you. Thank you for loving us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, this morning, if you prayed that prayer along with me, we'd love to connect with you and help you just take the next steps of faith, answer any questions that you have. So what you can do is comment in this post, hey, I prayed that prayer. Or you can send a message through our Facebook page, just simply there on our Facebook page, click that inbox and send me a message saying, Pastor Lee, I prayed that prayer with you. I'm the one that gets those messages. And so I would be happy to follow up with you, answer any more questions that you might have, and help you take those next steps of faith. I want to thank you this morning for worshiping with us. And at the conclusion of our service today, I'm going to ask you to help get the word of God out further by clicking share on this post. You know, right now, inviting people to church has never been easier. It's simply one click of a button. And so what you can do at the end of this post is uh, service is just click share. This video is going to save on our Facebook page. You can also find us on our Heights Baptist Church YouTube page and also our Heights Baptist Church Vimeo page and on our website. 
where you can go to heightschurch.org backslash watch, and you can watch the service and the sermon at any time. But thank you so much for sharing and helping to get the good news of Jesus Christ out further. If you have a prayer request this morning, we want to pray with you, and we want to pray for you. And there's two ways you can communicate that prayer request. You can email the Heights Baptist Church page. Again, I will get that email right away. Or you can text the word prayer to the number on your screen. So you want to text the word prayer to 346-244-5883. So text the word prayer to 346-244-5883. And that will give you a link that you can open up that's going to help you fill out uh, that prayer request. And Pastor Jonathan will get that, share that with me, and we will be happy to pray for you during this time. I believe prayer is one of the key things we can keep doing together. And so let us know how we can pray for you. Thank you for giving during this time. There are three ways in which you can give. Uh, First, you can go to our website, heightschurch.org backslash give and give through the secure uh, website that we have. And so thank you for giving there. That's an easy way to give. Again, it's just a couple of clicks of a button. Uh, Or you can mail in your tithe to the P.O. box number that's here on your screen. Our office is open between the hours of 9 and 1 p.m. on Mondays and Thursdays right now. And you can drop off your offering during that time. And we appreciate uh, many of you that have been dropping that off. It's a good chance to just say hi uh, from six feet away, right? And so you can open up that uh, time and, and come Monday through Thursday, 9 to 1 in the office, and you can drop off your offering in that way as well. I want to encourage you next week to invite someone. We have some opportunities that you can uh, invite a friend, a neighbor, somebody maybe you've been praying for. Uh, Invite them to our virtual Easter egg hunt Wednesday at 4 o'clock. Invite them to our Good Friday service at 7 o'clock. And invite them especially for Easter Sunday at 1030 next week. Next week, we're going to be asking the question, did it really happen? Did Jesus really happen? rise from the grave. And so you can invite them all to come back to our Heights Church Facebook page for those special activities. I hope you have a wonderful week. We love you guys. We appreciate you right now. We're looking forward to the day we get all back together. But right now, let's continue to stay focused on the Lord. And so what we're going to do is end our service a little different today. We have one more song by Pastor Matt and Catherine. That's just going to continue to help you focus on who God is and what he has done. So we encourage you during this last song, maybe pray a little more, meditate on what you've heard this morning, or even sing along in your living room. All right, God bless. Looking forward to seeing you again next week.